thank you for joining us for another edition of Silicon Slopes Live. Our guest at today's breakfast event is Mark Chen, CEO and co-founder of SaltStack. SaltStack develops award-winning software used by IT and security operations teams to help modern business more efficiently secure and maintain all aspects of their digital infrastructure. Listen to hear Mark's story and his experience with SaltStack, including the recent announcement of VMware's intent to acquire SaltStack. And now, here's today's live event. Welcome to Silicon Slopes Breakfast. Appreciate you all tuning in. Today we are joined by Mark Chen, who's the co-founder and CEO of SaltStack. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You're looking very sharp, and I apologize I'm not. You know what? I'm going to just refrain from commenting <laughs> on that. All right. So uh, 2020 has been a busy year for you in a lot of positive ways. But before we get to that, um, why don't you let us know what SaltStack is, a little bit of the founding story, idea, where it came from, and, and how it works. Sure. Thanks. So uh, SaltStack's a, a software company, enterprise software, that was founded in 2011 by myself and my co-founder, Tom Hatch. Tom's our uh, CTO, and he's the technical founder. He's, real, he's the real genius behind uh, the tech. Um, but what we do is we specialize in providing intelligent automation solutions for um, companies of all sizes. Really, anybody that has a data center or deploys software inside of their company needs automation to do it at scale. So we help them to do that faster and at, at a greater scale. And uh, we also provide a security platform as well that uh, allows people to protect their endpoints. Yeah. So obviously, 2020 is a year where there's a, a need for security more than in the past. We'll get to that as well. But um, uh, the company has a, a CEO, which is you, and a co-founder that's technical. Um, you don't come from an overly technical background, but you did learn through a previous job how to kind of sell this type of stuff. So what was that journey for you? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so in, I guess it was 99, 2000, uh, you know, I was introduced to a company called Altiris here locally. And Altiris was uh, led by uh, Greg Butterfield, who is known, I think, in these parts pretty well. Uh, great CEO, somebody who was, um, you know, very visionary in terms of bringing automation to data centers as well at that point in time. We, um, we, we provided at that point uh, a technology that was imaging software uh, for infrastructures. And so that was where I really kind of got my, uh, my feet wet in the space. Um, I was selling it. I was able to learn, you know, what do customers want and why do they buy and what does an ideal customer look like typically. And, um, you know, that was a great opportunity for me to be able to be on the front lines and learning why customers would consume the software. And the company was great. Uh, it went public in 2002. Later, it was acquired by Symantec uh, for a little over a billion dollars. And so I saw firsthand uh, how this technology fit into the ecosystem, why uh, it was of value. Um, I learned about the competitive landscape and uh, really am grateful for that experience just because it was such an eye-opener for me coming right out of school. Um, you know, I, I pivoted in my career, uh, as you alluded to, uh, after business school, uh, where I studied finance. Uh, I went back east with my family, and we moved to New York City, and I spent time at, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, kind of working on Wall Street. And that was a completely different world for, for us. Uh, we were exposed to, you know, how businesses were financed, how they were sold, 
that whole process going from you know capitalization to acquisition or IPO. And uh, you know, I feel like that really rounded out a lot of uh, at least my learning and my perspective and understanding as about about how the business uh, world worked. And uh, I learned a lot of things, and in particular, I learned that um, you know I was really intrigued and excited by the software space. And so for me, uh, returning to software was the goal. Uh, and in 2009, uh, I exited Wall Street and joined an early stage software company that was in the fintech space. Uh, in this case, it was a compliance software, and it was SaaS-based, and we were bringing compliance solutions to hedge funds. And at that time, uh, it was very timely because it was on the heels of the Bernie Madoff scandal and uh, some of the challenges that were being experienced on Wall Street. And so it was very timely to be able to intersect both my software background with the financial services exposure and to marry those together in a way that, uh, that brought value to a new set of customers. Um, so Compliance 11 was the name of that company, and we sold it in 2011 to Charles Schwab. And, uh, and that opened up a door for me to then explore what I was going to do next. So I was introduced uh, you know, to my co-founder, and that's how the whole salt stack journey began. Gotcha. That's cool. Thank you for the context. So um, I imagine being the CTO of like Goldman Sachs is fairly nerve-wracking every day, let alone when there's civil unrest or elections or pandemics. Um, so you probably saw firsthand when you were at those finance houses how many systems were operating and how many were vulnerable and how many were archaic and how many were cutting edge. Um, but yeah, that's a job I'd never want to to be the CTO of a big bank like that. All right, so um, big news for you guys is somebody else thought your company was cool and had, a, had good technology. Um, walk us through um, the, uh, the funnest parts and the coolest parts of that acquisition that VMware did recently. Yeah, thanks. So uh, October 14th, we completed our acquisition uh, by VMware. Uh, VMware is a very, very large, uh, highly acquisitive player in our space. Um, uh, amazing company. Uh, we've known about them for quite some time. And uh, that acquisition sort of culminated an eight and a half year journey for us. So we are delighted by the acquisition, uh, excited by the opportunity. We were acquired by the uh, cloud management business unit within VMware. And, uh, and we become really an integral part to their vRealize automation suite of tools. Um, yeah, so quite a journey. Uh, we've actually known these guys for quite some time. So back in 2013, we started our first, uh, we had our first user conference called SaltConf. We actually just had our seventh SaltConf um, just last week. And uh, they were one of our first and earliest sponsors. Um, we developed one of our earliest technical integrations with VMware, and we've always known of them and had <clears throat> really a pretty great relationship just on the periphery um, as we were bringing value to the market. You know, th there were times where it, it felt like there was strong interest. They were also, interestingly, uh, one of the largest investors in our, one of our key competitors in the market. And so there was some interesting dynamics uh, that existed. Uh, but, you know, story that we uh, have heard after the fact is that 2017, they really started to take a look at this market and asking themselves, 
how are we going to fill this particular void in our product portfolio to bring just a fully integrated value experience to our customers? And, you know, they looked at the market and they examined the different players. And, um, you know, when we, when we were reacquainted uh, here in 2020, I think they made the decision that now was the time for them to, uh, to make a, an acquisition decision as opposed to just a partnering decision. So it's pretty interesting. And what was it like being on the, the side of, you know, the, the person being asked out on the date? Um, and, uh, you know, what was the process with your team? And what were you just thinking personally inside your head? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, as a, as a startup, you spend a lot of time, you know, uh, asking for dollars, right? You're raising capital along the way. Uh, we were a fairly bootstrapped company from 2011 on where we were raising friends and family, seed angel um, dollars, really up until 2017 when we raised our first institutional round. And so that whole process of raising capital um, is a, uh, can be a slog. It can be an arduous process there, depending on the markets and cyclicality of your business. And, um, you know, we were successful in doing that. Um, but ultimately, it, it was really exciting for us to, to have a, an interested suitor on the other side uh, you know, who wanted to actually make us a part of their business unit. Um, we'd seen interest along the way. We knew that there were a lot of potential parties that, uh, that could acquire SaltStack. And, you know, I think ultimately uh, timing and circumstances make these kinds of deals uh, right and come together at just the right time. It's, it's amazing to me in, in kind of uh, reflecting on this whole situation how many points along the way a deal can break up or go wrong, right? And so it's really amazing when you see these these deals come together and actually succeed. Yeah, it, it is. It, there's a thousand points, or somebody could say something wrong and irritate somebody, and exactly. that's, that's enough. Um, so what if you had to choose one, would you rather be the one getting acquired or the one asking for money? Which process is easier? Well, I mean, I think that the, the outcome, right? Uh, I think that if any company tells you that they're raising capital and that's their end-all, be-all, you know, that's, that, that's no end result. Um, so it's great to be on the acquired side of things. And, um, you know, if I were sort of on that side of things, I, you know, which is, I think, your question, um, I... I much prefer to be on the side of being acquired. I think that that's exciting because it's the culmination of uh, many of your efforts there. Yeah, yeah. I'd say most people that aren't gluttons for punishment would agree with that one. Um, all right. So 2020 has been, um, you know, taxing on IT infrastructure, and uh, cyber attacks are up heavily. So most of that plays strongly into you guys in 2020. Um, so overall. How has 2020 been from a business standpoint? Yeah, I mean, 2020 has been just a wild ride for everyone uh, involved. I would say that for our business, one of the reasons why I like our space is because infrastructure automation is a technology that does well in bull or bear markets. Automation is needed when you're growing. Companies are able to, to really leverage automation to do more with less. And that's the whole premise behind it is that if you can... Uh, you know, my new bosses like to say that if you can do something or if you have to do something twice in a manual way, you should be able to automate it. And so really that's the premise behind the SaltStack platform is that we're trying to bring automation to a greater degree to the modern infrastructure. 
So, you know, as we think about how, um, you know, 2020 has evolved, companies have, uh, you know, they were roaring ahead and growing. And then there was this period of contraction here, especially when COVID hit. Everybody sort of was on their heels waiting and wondering what to expect. Um, and so automation was needed before when they were growing, but automation was also then interestingly needed when they were contracting because they were thinking about how to become more efficient, how to become more agile and lean. And so that played into our strength as well. And then when you couple that with the fact that we have a security platform as well, security uh, in 2020 really skyrocketed. You've got 1,700 distinct security vendors in the ecosystem. Nobody really knows like who's best, right? Or if there's a holy grail that they should use. So, um, but they all know that they need security and that it's, you know, it, it's an essential uh, element of their platform. So for us, uh, we saw that cyber attacks increased by 4X. That was a statistic that the FBI came out with. And so we knew that it was gonna be important and uh, we were able to just ride that wave up. So it was really exciting. Yeah. And uh, you've got a lot of customers big and small. Um, I'm always interested in some of the some of your favorite customer uh, success stories. Maybe it was your first one or like a big or complicated one that you guys really helped with. What are a few that come to mind? Yeah, so man, it's been quite a journey and it's been fun to work with a lot of our customers. It's one of the things that I enjoy most is the opportunity to actually get inside of someone's business, learn and understand where that cross-section of value is. Um, you know, we work with companies of all sizes and shapes, but, um, you know, in the early days, uh, you know, I remember us working with companies like uh, MuleSoft or Affirm Payment Networks. These were two companies that, that were, you know, in the 30 to 100 employee range, and they started using SaltStack because uh, they saw the value in it. And then, you know, they went on to become multi-billion dollar companies, or at least, you know, companies that had raised substantial uh, venture funds. Um, more recently, uh, working with a company called, uh, well, everybody knows Liberty Mutual, um, it was great to see the intersection again of both automation and security to come together. They were using us to make sure that their systems were patched and updated. Uh, in particular, it was the quoting systems that would provide customers with quotes. Um, and that's an essential part of their business, and so it was neat to see how that all came together. Yeah, for sure. So how deep do you go into, you know, the, the business models of these folks so that you can implement uh, your software successfully? And then follow-up question, how often were you kind of surprised at what their business models actually were? <laughs> so um, I usually come in at a little bit of a, la a later stage in the process there if I'm helping our teams. Um, but, you know, we're big believers. Our process is key to our success. We've got a great head of sales who has really outlined a very key process there, a very detailed process for how we actually go and qualify business and understand the customer needs, um, you know, selling value because we understand where there's problems and where we can add value. Um, so, but, it's, but we also encourage them to learn about the business just as a prerequisite, right? Yeah. How big are they? What are they doing in revenue? You know, check out the press releases and understand that whole process to ensure that when you go in, you know what their priorities are and that you're aligned to those. Yeah. 
I just bring it up because every once yeah. in a while you're, uh, you think you know how a, a company makes money. And right. Then you look under the hood and I'm like, oh, they make money in eight different ways. Yeah. You'd asked the question earlier about infrastructure, though, and you made a comment that reminded me of just how these companies evolve and change. Everybody's using cutting-edge software and technology, right? They're using containers or going to serverless technology. But many companies are a consortium of old and new technology. And that's the challenge in IT, and that's where the complexity is introduced, is that if they're running an old mainframe, right, and they're also trying to incorporate serverless technology or, you know, roll out a container ecosystem, um, that's where the complexity happens. <clears throat> so if you're able to help them successfully navigate and traverse both of those worlds with a single pane of glass or a single solution in our case, that's, you know, that's really what they're looking for. Yeah. So. I can imagine if it's what they want, they're, they're wearing a big smile after when it's all said and done. Um, all right, so... On the softer side of being a CEO, you're required to do stuff like this every once in a while and, and contribute content and stuff. So you're on the Forbes Council, uh, and I've read a few of your, your pieces there. You're a very good writer. Um, how's that been for you, and, and what's the upside uh, for you and SaltStack with stuff like that? Yeah, we've been involved with the Forbes Council for a couple of years. Um, you know, we had, um, we had looked at a way to really help the SaltStack brand and name get out there to a greater extent. Uh, one thing that I'll mention is that SaltStack actually started off as an open source community. And so a lot of the visibility and the adoption of our solution, we've had over 50 million uh, downloads globally uh, since our inception. And, you know, it's interesting that we got a lot of viral visibility and marketing through that community just because it was present in many, many companies. Uh, but we realized later in our journey that we needed to develop a more formal, a more direct and punchy sort of marketing strategy, and so we started to do things like that. And our participation in the Forbes Technology Council has been really good for us because it's given us the ability uh, to, to develop some thought leadership and to really put our ideas out there to a broader audience, and so it's been really, really helpful for us. So yeah, That's yeah. great. Um, fun question. So on your LinkedIn profile, I believe, you mentioned that you have the conference record in the Mountain West Conference for the high jump. Do you know if that's still the case? <laughs> yeah. So um, th this is funny because so I went to BYU, as you know, and um, while I was there, I was on the track team. I was a walk-on. And um, yeah, this is, this is a long time ago now. <laughs> So it's kind of funny to, to date myself when I talk about high jumping because I'm, you know, in my mid-40s. But uh, as I walked onto the team, uh, just wanted to make the team. And as it turns out, you know, a little bit of training and more focused uh, effort there helped me to get a little bit better. And so, yeah, by the time I uh, finished, I was able, to, uh, was able to secure the record. And I think it is actually still standing. It's kind of fun. Awesome. So everyone does the Fosbury flop, is that what it is? That's right, Fosbury flop, good job. There hasn't been a new method recently? Not that I know of, at least, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he developed a 1968 Mexico City Olympics. Yeah. So. so you obviously have to have the right genes and kind of springy legs, but then it's also yeah. timing, right? 
yeah, timing and yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of conditioning there. You do a lot of plyometrics to kind of condition your muscles to respond fast. Yeah. Well, very cool. Yeah. All right, so we have a few interns in the office today. We have a former intern who is going to ask you some questions. Not now, but when we walk off stage. Um, he's got a, a company uh, that he's building and has built. Uh, it's been fun to watch called Polly. Um, I don't know what questions he's going to ask you, but what advice are, are you uh, most prone to give to these young entrepreneurs as they're starting out uh, in building their companies? Wow. Um, I don't know if I just have one sort of golden nugget. There's kind of a lot of, a lot of different things that I've learned along the way um, through trial and error, a lot of mistakes made, uh, but also, you know, we, we kept at it and we were persistent, and I think that that was helpful. I think when, um, when you're just getting started, um, one of the things that I really like to identify in a startup is the product market fit. Right, really identifying something as basic as what's the solution that you're delivering to the market that's going to actually cause a customer to, to uh, pay you money, and hopefully money on a repeatable, you know, annual basis. There, um, th- that's one of the first things: is ideal customer profile, product market fit. Right, those are two things that I think you just have to nail. And once you've done that and you know that there's a market and there's a buyer that wants to consume your solution on a repeatable basis, I, I, th- I think you've got the foundation of a great, uh, you know, great solution or a great, great company. Kamel, <laughs> I think you do have that with that. Um, well, cool. Well, this has been uh, very insightful. Uh, it's always fun to have a, uh, a fun success story, and especially when it's so new and uh, you know, you've got your next decision to make post-acquisition and we're very glad that you're a part of uh, you know the Silicon Slopes advisory board and appreciate all you've done over the years for the community so look forward to your guys' continued success and thanks for your time thanks so much appreciate it thank you for listening to this podcast from Silicon Slopes 